We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We thought the Arturis Karnaschovas Mark Eversley interview on 670 The Score would be the biggest basketball news of the day. But then hours later, Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty shocking trade. I don't think a lot of people had the Bucks circled as a destination for Lillard. It's a three-team trade, sends Drew Holiday, an unprotected 2029 first-rounder, and first-round pick swaps in 2028 and 2030 to Portland. Uh, Portland also lands DeAndre Ayton in this trade as the Suns cash him in for Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, out of the division. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Couldn't be more thrilled about that. Sun's got a couple other pieces in that. Uh, Keon Johnson. Yeah, Nas Little, Little, right? Nas Little was yeah. in there. Uh, so Damian Lillard, Giannis and Dedekumpo, best NBA duo going right now? I think so. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, Jace, first of all, how you doing? Uh, doing all right. Yeah, I mean, shocking trade. I was, uh, what, I was in the car going to get a haircut today. Uh, AK and Eversley are talking about stuff. They were AK is talking about getting drunk at the Olympics, telling some old uh, basketball stories about like the Grateful Dead and how they got big in like Lithuania or some shit like because of the Olympics, some goofy stuff. And then like, obviously, they talked about the Bulls and we will talk about their talk about the actual team in a bit here. But they get off at what? That was probably about one o'clock or like 1230 ish. They're done off the score. Uh, I get back from my break here from this haircut, log back on to work. Uh, look at my phone and see a text that says Dame to Milwaukee. Fuck this. And I was like, what? Like literally first, just like reaction. And there's a funny viral video of some kid uh, going around like his dad, like tells him Damian Lillard got traded. And he's like, where to Milwaukee? And this goes like, what exactly my reaction? Because as you said, Milwaukee 
not really on anybody's radar. I don't know if there was any reporting about them even like logging interest because like we had heard recently, like the Raptors are the front runner. Obviously the heat was the team that Dame wanted to go to as the team. He put on like the only team on his list. Uh, and like the bull, we heard the bulls come up recently in like the last couple weeks and Casey Johnson uh, in his, in a story today wrote that he, that the bulls made preliminary inqu- inquiries about Lillard in July. Um, didn't really go anywhere. Again, we kind of heard their name come up again the last couple of weeks. We talked about it last week. And then, like, you had other teams like Celtics. Oh, maybe they could get in there. Like, the Sixers maybe could get in there. Um, I think those were, like, the main teams involved. <clears throat> and then out of fucking nowhere, uh, and this, it's the Bucks on the heels of Giannis putting their front office on notice. About, you know, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to stay here. I don't know if about this extension. And Giannis was never going to sign an extension. I don't, I still don't think he will. He's eligible to sign one now. I believe he just became eligible. I don't think he will sign it still because I don't think it financially, financially makes sense for him. That'd probably be next year. But Giannis, a couple times, like shots to the Bucks front office. Like, Yo, like, we need to get, keep getting better. We don't want, I don't want to get stagnant. Otherwise, maybe I'll look around. And what do they do when they come out of nowhere and trade for Damian Lillard? And, uh, I mean, Drew Holiday, really great player. Um, awesome. Just def- one of the arguably the best defensive guard in the league. Uh, he's uh, him and Caruso are up there and Marcus Smart, uh, and some other guys. And generally in the regular season, very good offensive player. The postseason, he has had some big issues and, Obviously, Dame is still like top. We talked about last week. Dame is still like a top 10 player. He's a great offense player. The Bucks issue, like in these in the playoffs, often come kind of comes down to like their half court offense falls apart in the playoffs. We saw the meltdown against Miami in like multiple games where they blew leads late because their half court offense is as good as Giannis is when teams buckle down in the half court and he's just kind of driving into walls because he can't really shoot. We kind of see things fall apart and like Drew Holiday just with some like awful offensive numbers. So like Damian Lillard fixes all of that. So like, and they can, they can, the Bucks are a team that can obviously cover for Dame's bad defense because you have Brooke Lopez, a defensive player of the year candidate, Giannis, defensive player of the year candidate, Chris Milton and healthy, still pretty good defensively. They have the defensive inter- infrastructure to cover for Dame. And now they have one of the best offensive players in the half court to form a big three here, big forward, if you want to call Brooke Lopez with Dame, Giannis, and then Chris Middleton back, hopefully help healthy for them uh that's pretty fucking nasty uh i think this probably makes the bucks the clear favorite in the east i know the celtics are also very good but uh this i feel like this this is the bucks's big issue was just the half court offense thing now you have one of the most clutch players in the nba uh who can make threes from anywhere absolutely sick uh and as a bulls fan i mean very depressing to see damon lillard go to an in the in division rival um and figure Giannis as as long as things go well, Giannis would probably stick around. Dame still has probably several years left down the road. The Bucks will probably be fucked because they're out at like everything now. But they have Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo now for the foreseeable future, uh, and that is not going to be pleasant to go up against four times a year in your division. Um, so yeah, not great for the Bulls. You could argue like, oh well, the Heat didn't get him, so maybe that's better for the Bulls, like battling for like the a play-in spot or like those lower playoff spots. And the same thing with the Raptors. The Raptors didn't get him. Maybe that helps the Bulls, like whatever, get a better lower p- spot. But again, the Bucks have him, and we're talking about championships. AK talked about their quest is always to win a championship, and it is going to be very hard to be a better team than Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks, in the next couple of years if you're the Chicago Bulls. So, yikes. Uh, 
It'll be fun to watch as just like a basketball fan. Dame and Giannis will be absolutely sick. And then you got Middleton playing off them. And then Brogan, Brooke Lopez as well. And we'll see how they do depth wise. But I mean, that's just a really nasty starting lineup that they're going to have there. So, oof, man, crazy day in the NBA today. Jason, the Bucks, easy to forget now. They won the most games in the NBA last year. They won 58 games. They're adding easily the best player to change teams this offseason. You know, besides for Dame, who was it before then? Bradley Beal? So to have Dame, who's probably a top 10 player in the league still, uh, you know, right there behind Steph as probably the best guard in the league, best pick and roll playmaker in the league, uh, most dangerous pull-up shooter in the league. He just checks so many boxes for the Bucks to really push them to the next level, I think and make this an absolute juggernaut and coming into this season my big takeaway was like there's so much parody it seems pretty wide open you looked at the east celtics did they get better i think it's debatable with the smart versus porzingis swap porzingis already battling an injury uh i could you know argue in favor of that trade too but celtics kind of on shaky ground i would say while like the best in the conference before this damn trade i think that they didn't exactly look like a juggernaut sixers you know, they have plenty of problems with the Harden uh, trade request, how that was going to play out. No one knew. But I think this Damian Lillard trade is just like a classic NBA superstar pairing, the type we haven't really seen this offseason or maybe even the last couple offseasons that immediately elevates the Bucks to are they the championship favorites, like that level of territory. Uh, I think they actually have a pretty solid, even like eight man rotation. If you think they're bringing off the bench, Bobby Portis, Jay Crowder, and who's their backup guard here, Jason? I guess Malik Beasley. They don't really have a backup point guard, but not Javon Carter anymore. <laughs> don't have Javon Carter anymore. All those guys are, uh, you know, they'll they'll need to add bench pieces as the season goes on. But I think they have a good foundation for sure uh, for. Being able to have a pretty competent roster. Still have Pat Connaughton. Oh, I forgot they signed Rolo too. <laughs> yeah, Robin Lopez. Yeah. yeah. So Connaughton, Connaughton, Connaughton started too. And then we'll see more like how, if Marjan Bochamp can like take a leap as like a deeper bench guy. You yeah, might believe like Beasley, right? So I mean, their top, whatever, nine, 10 guys salary wise, it's Giannis, Dame, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Marjan Bochamp, Jay Crowder, Robin Lopez, Malik Beasley. That's what, nine guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys? Okay, that is ten. And then you got like Thanasis at the end of the bench, AJ Green, some of these lesser guys. I mean, that is ten decent guys. We'll see how much Crowder has left. Like Rolo is a solid backup center. We'll see how Bochamp comes along. But I mean, again, those top four guys are so good. And if you even get just decent bench play there. It's a really fucking nasty team. Totally. Uh, so I think this was a great move for the Bucs. Yeah. Now, yeah, it, it it does put a ton of pressure on them to win the championship right away. I think, you know, Budenholzer's exit is a big wild card. Like, I do think they had to fire him, but you hired a first-time head coach in Adrian Griffin. With Budenholzer, they just had a super high floor for how they were going to play. Yeah. We knew that they were going to be a regular season juggernaut every year. Uh, and then in the playoffs, oftentimes the half-court offense would do them in. So what the team looks like under Adrian Griffin and how he coaches them, I think is going to be pretty interesting. But, dude, Damon Giannis is just going to be <laughs> so such an sick. unstoppable <laughs> complementary pairing. I think the fit is perfect. And, yeah, 
For the Bulls to have their leaders go on the radio earlier today and say, we are in it for championships. We are inspired by these six rings from the 1990s that we see every single day when we walk in the building. Uh, I would not say the East is wide open anymore. I would say the East has a juggernaut. The Bucks would slaughter the Bulls typically anyway. Yes. Uh, even before this move, and it's a big time addition for Milwaukee, no doubt. So, uh, you know, Bucks games, Jason, only ninety minutes away from Chicago, <laughs> and Bulls fans, if you want to stick it to Jerry Reinsdorf and show him that you're not satisfied with the direction of the team, that drive to Milwaukee isn't so bad. So you can see some better basketball, maybe even get some cheaper tickets, given what the demand is typically it, like. It, Pfizer here. Forum. Dope arena. Went there for a. I haven't been to a Bucks game there, but I went there for an NCAA tournament game a couple of years ago. Uh, great new arena, just very very spacious concourse. It's nice, and I feel like it's just like close. The seats are just like close uh, onto the floor. It's so like very nice, very nice stadium. There's like a nice area around it there in downtown Milwaukee with just like a lot of stuff to do. So great place to go see a game, a basketball game. A lot of um, pressure on the Bucks though, Jason. Yeah. If they don't win the East this year, I mean. I think that would be viewed as kind of a disaster. Yeah. Still got probably. a lot of chips in the Brooke Lopez bag as like, he's pretty old. I mean, he's got to be 36 this year. Yeah, he's old. He uh, did just have a great season. Though. I think he led the league in blocks per game. Like he is yeah. redefined. He's just like kind of redefined his game so much with the bucks. Uh, it's really impressive. And he's still like a, again, a defensive player of the year, caliber player. But yeah, I mean, t- yeah, I mean, Giannis put pressure on the pressure was there. And now like, there, there's, I mean, this pressure is obviously still there. They got to win now. They got the next couple year window with these guys, with Dame. I mean, Dame's older too, and Middleton's racking up some injuries, and Brooks old, and Giannis is on the clock with his contract. So I mean, they, it always was the pressure was always there for Milwaukee, and now you you go all in. This is what you do when you have you face something like this. You got the pressure to win. You make the all in move right now. And as good as Drew Holiday is, Damian Lillard's Damian Lillard, and he, as you mentioned, and that I mentioned before, like Dame fixes like their biggest issue, and that's the half court slow it down offense and like meltdowns at end of games. Damian Lillard does not melt. Usually does not melt down end of games. He's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. Uh, So like they don't have those meltdowns. Uh, The Bucks are going to really be tough to beat. Let's talk about some of the other fallout of the steal. Just kind of these other teams and the other, I mean, Drew Holiday in general, the assumption here is Drew Holiday is not staying in Portland. I could see Portland maybe keeping him to start the year just to whatever mentor Scoot Henderson, uh, maybe build up a little, just like trade, whatever, build up some bidding wars. Because there, I mean, any team should want Drew Holiday. I, I don't know, have his contract in front of me, but he does make a decent amount of money. But I mean, he's still really good. I mentioned his playoff, his offensive playoff woes, which are like they're baffling because Drew's like always been a really consistently good offensive player in the regular season. And then just like his efficiency just consistently just dives in the playoffs. He misses shots like strangely he just gets so bad sometimes and he's he obviously was on the the championship bucks team and he helped them win a title and it's not always been that bad but like he just i know this last year like the heat series he was awful it's terrible but like still overall drew holiday is a guy any contender should want uh so like there i'm sure though i mean we've already heard like the sixers and like celtics and uh like i mean maybe like the mavs i mean we could even talk about the bulls like should they try to go get him i don't know what they'd actually use to get him but uh, a lot of teams should be going after Drew Holiday. So it'll be interesting to see if the Blazers are in a rush to trade him now. Uh, if they maybe wait, if they wait, like a team like the Lakers can't really trade for him now. A team like the Lakers could start, could put together a better package once all their like 
recent free agent signings are actually eligible for a trade in mid-December on December 15th. Uh, maybe other guys, what kind of once those deadline those uh, like deadlines pass for free agents, a lot more teams can get involved and maybe teams see how they're doing later in the year. Maybe he's a, a trade deadline move instead. Again, maybe you give him you get him in, with Scoot for a few months, some mentorship stuff like that. Don't think that'd be the dumbest thing in the world for Portland to do. But so Ricky. What do you think? Do you think Blazers immediately look to flip uh, Drew now? Or do you think they're going to wait on it? Maybe kind of see how the market plays out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I think he's 100% going to get traded this year, but will it be at the yeah. trade deadline or will it be before the season starts? Uh, it's probably in their best interest to let it play out and to let teams get a little bit desperate. Of course, the risk there is that he could get hurt and then that kind of tanks right. his value. And I think, you know, a big... So the, the Blazers only got one pick in this and then two pick swaps. So it's kind of crazy when like DeJounte Murray is getting traded for three unprotected picks last year and, uh, you know, Mitchell, three picks plus Markman Sexton, Rudy Gobert, five picks if you count <laughs> Walker Kessler. So to only get one pick for Lillard, bummer. I think a big reason why they did this is because when you looked at every other trade potentially on a table for more or for Portland, Holiday was the best overall player, right? Like you take Holiday over Tyler Hero yeah. or over even Tyrese Maxey, even though I really like Maxey, or certainly over OG Ananobi. So I think having Holiday, you got to flip. Because the Blazers are playing for the 2030s right now. Right. Like they have the unprotected 2029 pick, and that's the only thing coming. 
Um, you know, you got to try to get a first for Holiday in the next two, three drafts, and then also add another appealing young player. I believe Holiday's a free agent after this season, right? He has a player option after this season, I think. Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely going to trade him. Will it be now or will it be at the trade deadline? I have no insight into that. Uh, but yeah, the risk there is that he get hurt. So, so Drew is making like 35 million this year and then player option. That's like 37 million next year. So he could become a free agent after the season. So Jason immediately. I thought, I really hope the Bulls don't trade Zach Levine for Drew Holiday because it would give them more flexibility. Having a guy (laughs) on an expiring deal, uh, their salaries are pretty close to matching. And if the Bulls want to unload the long-term money of Levine, you can see a trade where it's Levine for Holiday, swap them. Now, I really don't know if Portland would be interested in that because Levine's value around the league isn't very high. And let me say, as a Bulls fan, I don't want them to do that trade. There might be people listening to this episode who think, oh, I'd trade Levine for Drew Holiday. Levine is a polarizing player for very obvious reasons. Clearly. As we have detailed on this podcast since we started it, Jason. Uh, But... (laughs) To add Drew Holiday, who's kind of a rough shooter, to the worst shooting team in the league, uh, to me, that would just be sort of like doubling down on the Bulls' defense-first identity. And they would have some really sick perimeter defense. Handicapping the offense even more than it is, though, because the offense already yeah. is pretty brutal. Drew's three-point shooting in Milwaukee was has actually been like, was really nasty. 39%, 41%, 38%. Again, the playoffs, he just totally falls off the map. Different 29%, 32%. Even during the title run, and look at these playoff numbers. He shot four under forty one percent overall in the title run, thirty eight percent two years ago, and then this year forty percent and like twenty nine percent from three. It's just like crazy let stuff. Jimmy Butler averaged thirty eight in that series. He was guarding Butler for long stretches of that Bucks Heat opening round one v eight series. What Butler scored? Uh, you had a fifty point see. some point game. <clears throat> Like 55 so Butler at 56 in game four with Giannis played it and then 42 in the closeout game. So a lot of that was on Drew Holiday. Uh, I think Drew Holiday is obviously very good, but there's a lot of people whose reaction to this Dame versus Drew Holiday trade. Patrick Beverly tweeted this. I know. Yeah. And I've just seen a lot of people say is like <laughs> Bucks are going to miss Drew. I do think they'll miss Drew, but like they got Damon Lillard, man. <laughs> Drew might not be quite as good as people think he is. Yeah. Also, uh, thirty-three. This so, yeah. So, I, on that note, then, like, what is your thought here? Because I feel like Heat fans, I saw Heat fans crying about, oh, well, the, they took the Blazers took a worse offer than our whatever Tyler Hero and two first-round picks. Uh, do you think whatever the Heat, if that was the Heat offer, like the if that was the major parts of the Heat offer, do you think the Blazers made a mistake doing this trade instead? Do you think they were being petty, or do you think they should have gone for the Tyler Hero? Or, or well, if they could so the, flip hero, I just I don't know if they could fl- feel like it flip hero for that much. They are hoping Giannis leaves, and if this team with Dame doesn't win the championship either of these first two years, at that point Dame is what thirty six. Uh, Brooke Lopez is probably forty. Like Milwaukee would have to have another trick up its sleeve. So I think they're fading Milwaukee's future. They think if Giannis leaves. These can be premium picks with the 28 pick swap, 29 unprotected pick, 30 pick swap. Uh, 
And I don't know exactly what Miami's offer was. Like Miami didn't put the three picks on the table like they could have supposedly. They didn't put their full bonus. Yeah, I don't think they put they didn't go full blown. And so I think that uh, you know, there's also the Aiton piece. Like, if you want picks in a young player, I would take Aiton over Hero. Uh, even though like Aiton has been extremely frustrating to this point in his career, but I do think there's some upside. Uh, first of all, it just he makes a ton of money, but he is under contract through his age 27 season. You would think maybe pairing him with a guard like Scoot Henderson could, you know, be a beneficial relationship for both of those guys. And really, like Monty Williams just seemed like he did not have a good relationship with Aiton whatsoever. Yeah. Way too hard on him, was way too judgmental on him as a player, perhaps as a person. So I think that, you know, a change of scenery for Aiton could be a big time move. Even the change of scenery, though, like you can argue he's still overpaid, even in like, you know, the yeah. top outcomes of how he'll perform. But you got the prime years of his career. He's seven feet tall. I think that's a pretty nice addition for Portland. I've never been a huge Aiton guy, but you know, you're if you're trading Dame to get a talent like Aiton, in addition to the pick, in addition to Holiday, who you can flip hopefully right. for at least one more pick, probably one more pick and a good player. I think Portland did pretty well, and I think that that might be better than Miami's offer. Uh, yeah. What do you think? And obviously, we're kind of ban- like as you kind of said, like I think they're probably banking on the Bucks just kind of running out of steam in a couple of years. That could have been the same thing with Miami too. Uh, was whatever Jimmy's getting up there uh, with Dame, but um, yeah, like I feel like I, a lot of it could come down to what Drew gets flipped for. But like, if you look at the whole package, like you're trading Dame and Nurkic, they did trade Nas Little and a couple, that's a couple other guys, but uh, I mean, whatever, those guys don't really matter that much. Okay. Players role guys, but um, I mean, going from Nurkic to Aiden is definitely an upgrade. In- interesting, like, I mentioned that like the Suns decided they really wanted to do that. They just like just seemed like they needed to get Aiden out of there. Like it wasn't even with uh, like whatever was going on there. Like so with Monty and all that, like it just seems like Aiden maybe just didn't vibe with even the other guys there. Yeah, but they they couldn't do better than Nurkic, right? I know and, it's like, very some, strange. Like, pretty uninteresting role guys. I mean, maybe they maybe they like Grayson Allen as a shooter around these other guys. I don't know, but like very an interesting decision there by the Suns to do that. I'll say that much. Yeah, and then like with the Blazers, like I I certainly don't think like that this trade is like way better for the Blazers. Maybe it could turn out that way again down the road. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you get another pick or two for Drew and you get Aiden, you get the pick from the Bucks and you got some swaps, like I think that probably is better than Hero and a couple picks. Again, we don't exactly know what the Heat, if the Heat, pro- I feel like if the Heat put everything they could have on the table, they probably could have, would have written better off her because they had what, yeah. three picks? They have they have a pick from what the Thunder too or something like that. They have they had more they stuff. I think they could... the protections on a pick they owe the Thunder to include the twenty twenty six pick. Yeah, okay, so that and like Hero and if they maybe would have traded whatever, uh, I mean like Caleb Martin or something or whatever Jaime Hawkins, Jaquez, how do you say his name? Uh, I don't even know if he's eligible to be traded right now because of, he signed his rookie deal. Either way, like probably pretty close. Uh, and I could maybe see Portland acting like if like the deals they thought were basically close to even basically saying, fuck you, Miami, after kind of what Dame told them, I could see maybe a little pettiness there because I mean, either way, like, again, like the Dame didn't have the bucks on the list, but then it came out that like 
oh yeah, like Dame and Giannis have like flirted with the idea of playing with each other. And like Dame had a tweet last year that said like, if there's one guy who you'd like to play with, like win in the playoffs, who is it? And he said Giannis. So like, interesting that the Bucks weren't on the list. You wonder like if they were just kind of slow, like whatever. He put Miami out there, but they were going like behind the scenes with the Bucks the whole time because that was a team that kind of just under the radar. Maybe they were he was looking at, but he just like never said it. I have no idea. Like. The Bucks literally came out of nowhere. They were never mentioned as like a legitimate Dame destination, and then he gets traded there. So like, who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I don't think like these, the, like the whatever the I was at Heat fans seemed like they were pretty mad. Uh, oh my god, they took this so much, such a worse off. This such BS. It's like you probably could have, you might have been able to get him if you put if Riley put all the cards on the table. He didn't. Heat will still be pretty good, but the Heat. Still probably could make it. Like, I, it'll be interesting to see if they go after Drew. I mean, that'd be kind of funny if they ended up getting Holiday after he he had just went to the Blazers. Heat also, we've talked about this before, could put together a decent offer for Zach Levine if they really want to. It does not seem like anybody wants to offer anything for Zach Levine. Uh, again, the Blazers, or the Bull, it seems like the Blazers don't want him. Uh, was, we talked about how the Bulls were trying to get in the Dame stuff, but no one wants to trade anything for Zach Levine, whether it's the Blazers, whether it's anybody else. Uh, I mean, Zach would be absolutely nasty on the Heat if you if you basically took Hero and put Zach there instead, and whatever the Heat give up some draft picks, maybe again, maybe a little less than their Dame offer for Zach. I don't even know if I would actually take that as a Bulls guy, but like they sh- the Heat should be willing to do that. Zach is much better than Tyler Hero. Like fuck out of here. Like whatever you think about Zach, he's way better than Tyler Hero. It's like the Heat should I feel like should be all over asking the Bulls about Zach if the Bulls really do want to move on from him. Like. Put a good offer on the table and maybe I'd at least think about it. And Zach would be just so nasty because he'd basically be like, he'd be their, I mean, he'd be their top scorer. He wouldn't be their best player. And he probably would actually be like their third best overall player behind Jimmy and Bam, which is perfect. That's what Zach Levine is like. And we know Jimmy can just kind of be their crunch time guy and Zach can kind of play off Jimmy. That'd be absolutely nasty instead of Tyler Hero. So like, uh, the Heat should come to the Bulls with an offer for Zach Levine. I don't. I feel like they'd probably go for Drew first. Drew seems like a Heat culture type of guy with his defense and all that grit and all that crap. But what do you think about that? Would like if the Heat came to the Bulls with a Dame esque or like a little less offer? Or what would you want? I, I feel like we've talked about this before. What would you want for Miami if they came and asked about Zach? Well, I'd want the three picks, but well, yeah. they wouldn't even give it up for Damian Lillard. So right. I don't think they're going to give it up for Zach Levine. I guess if you get two picks in Hero in Hakez, that's a pretty decent trade. And then you're just sort of fading the Heat's future. You know, at some point, Riley's got to hang it up. And when Riley hangs it up, they could be in jeopardy. I mean, maybe Spolstra takes Riley's spot. They hire another young, great coach in the cycle <laughs> renews. But uh I would be interested in that trade, I would say. I mean, if you get two picks for Levine, I think you'd have to think about it if they were unprotected picks, especially if they're, you know, 20, I think it would be 28 and 30. So they're pretty far off. I didn't love the Lakers picks being 27 and 29 when we were talking about trading DeMar for it. Uh, Although, man, now I would love that. (laughs) To have those two picks in the bag instead of DeMar. Um... Yeah, who else do you think could go after Holiday? I would say like the Sixers, seeing Sixers, uh, Celtics, Warriors, Warriors. People, I saw Warriors fans talking about, oh, they should go flip the CP3 for him. <laughs> I don't know if that would actually happen, but that would be hilarious. If they make that. Like, I think they're going to get a lot of trade offers for Holiday. That they are, should. Like, 
one pick and one young player. So like the Warriors could offer like a 2027 pick in Moses Moody. You'd have to match CP3. Salaries. You'd probably CP3. Have, yeah, CP3. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. I do think that the holiday trade market's gonna heat up. Should. And then I think you just gotta wonder about Philly because they kind of need to make a similar trade to this to go all in around. Could we get a, like a hardened holiday and, trade? Somehow, like with multi-team trade where Harden goes somewhere, Holiday goes to Philly. Hey, that'd be back to Philly, right? Holiday started his career in Philly, right? They traded him to start the process for New right. Noel. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, maybe they look to get to do something like that where they get a Holiday, Harden, and whoever else wants to get involved. If the Clippers try to get involved there um, to get Harden, maybe that kind of heats back up or something else. But, I mean, that would be interesting. Holiday back, and, I mean, that'd be a pretty – Pretty good replacement for Harden. Obviously, they're trying to win now with Embiid. They're trying to convince Embiid not to ask out in the next couple of years. I think that'd be a pretty good trade because the Holiday and Maxi would be pretty sick backcourt. Uh, and then you got Embiid there. Obviously, still Tobias Harris. Uh, I feel like that'd be a pretty... Uh, we know the Sixers are looking to stay competitive, as competitive as possible with a Harden trade. I feel like Drew Holiday at this point is probably about the best you're going to do there. Uh, so, like... Wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't be a bad option. I said I saw the Celtics. The Celtics could offer what, like Brogdon's salary, uh, and they have some bigs that could, if they want to. They have Horford. They got Robert Williams. I don't know if they want to trade any of those guys. I and mean, they they have Derek White. Um, I know that I, I don't think they want to trade Derek White, but it would be Brogdon. Brogdon's making like twenty million a year, and he's apparently unhappy. And then they would have to match a little more salary there. So like they probably could do it. Um, and I think they have some draft capital to do it too. So, I mean, they got stuff from what these trades they made. I can't remember how much they have, but like that, I mean, that, that'd be interesting as well. The Celtics looked in. Um, da- I mean, I mentioned Dallas. Like, I don't know what Dallas could actually trade. I have to look at the roster again, but I mean, they have Tim Hardaway Jr. salary. I'm not sure what their draft capital looks like, but like they could use some defense, uh, next to Luca and Kyrie, uh, in the backcourt there. So, like, interesting team there, possibly. Um, but either way, like there should be a lot of teams. Basically, any contender should be looking to add Drew Holiday and trade for him if they have the assets to do it. So definitely think that there could be some, like say, a bidding war of some type there. And then, but nobody wants Zach Levine. There's no bidding war for Zach Levine. It seems like so very unfortunate there. Let's move on to Bulls. Actually, bringing up Zach, we bring up Demar. Let's move on to the Bulls stuff. AK and Eversley, Eversley, uh, Mark Eversley's appearance today on the score. Uh, they were with uh, Dan Bernstein and Lila Rahimi. Uh, did like a live in studio, or like they, I think they were at a bar or something like that. It was basically a live in studio deal uh, appearance for them, both of them together. Um, Ricky, you listened to all this. What, what was your main takeaways from um, from this live appearance on the score for the Bulls front office duo? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess my main takeaway is, God, these guys are boring. I tried to listen to it at the gym, and I feel like I just wasn't as well, I wasn't as jacked up as I should have been. Listening Not jacked and juiced. The stirring commentary of Arturis Karnashov. This dude gives the sleepiest, most boring interviews I can really recall. Uh, and actually, his transaction cycle is equally sleepy. So not too much to take away from it. I thought that... Uh, Probably the most illuminating part was the second segment when they were actually asking him questions about, you know, what he saw from the Bulls himself last year, how they disappointed him, where they impressed him. Uh, we did, unfortunately, get a reference to the 14-9 and nine <laughs> that we did. the season out of Mark Eversley. I roll my eyes and cringe so hard every time we hear that. How they can possibly believe that, Jason, is beyond me. But I did think AK at least correctly identified the problems with the Bulls. He said, we need to shoot more threes. We need to get in the paint to open up those threes. And we need to play faster yep. to take more move transition the ball, Move the ball more. Well, he said, you know, a transition three is an open three. So that's the second best shot you can get in basketball after a corner three. Karnashova said this, shocking, because he's never <laughs> built his team or made draft picks with this philosophy in mind. But Jason, what is Javon Carter known for? He's known for the transition three. So when your uncle or your dad is getting pissed off about Javon Carter missing a transition three, just say, hey, those are good shots. Those are open shots. You got to let them take it. No three-pointer for the Bulls is a bad shot. They need to take a lot more of them. Uh, so I, I guess I thought that that was mildly impressive by the low, by the, you know, the most bare minimum uh, bar possible. He at least showed what is ailing the offense. He said that they were surprised the offense was so bad last year. (laughs) Here's what I would have asked him. You know, their first year with Lonzo, uh, the Bulls finished. Let me let me pull up the numbers here. They finished 29th in three point makes 30th in three point attempts. But their three-point percentage was super high that year. That was the year with Lonzo. Uh, their percentage was 37%, number four in the entire league. But still, 29th in makes, 30th in attempts. So that was the year 21-22 where they had Lonzo for most of the year. And then, you know, they knew they were going to be without Lonzo. And they didn't do anything to right. address the shooting last year. 30th in three-point makes, 30th in three-point times. So it's like AK... How are you surprised by this? <laughs> How are you surprised? Like, you knew you had the worst three-point shooting team in the league. You knew you were missing your, you know, best or second best three-point shooter for the whole year with Lonzo. And if you didn't know you were missing him for the whole year, you're totally delusional. So you spent last year doing nothing to address the biggest problem on the team. And now this year... You know, you got Carter and Craig. I would say you somewhat addressed it. You didn't definitively address it. If the Bulls finished 20th in three-point makes this year, I'd be thrilled. That yeah. would be like great improvement. For and that. that would probably help. And assuming those makes like come from Carter and Craig, that it should I would guess that it would bump their offensive rating up at least 
into the maybe hopefully the top half of the league if they just that three point rate improves marginally like that because yeah I mean oh we have so all this offensive talent and these guys but we're our offense so bad yeah because even with them like all these other teams are just shooting way more threes and three is more than two man it's the math uh I know people don't like whatever people don't love that in today's NBA but it's the fact of the matter teams shoot more threes and if they uh, a three-point game can off so often just make a big difference uh, and just can be a great equalizer. So you shouldn't have been that surprised when your big problem from the year before does not get addressed in any meaningful way and that you're bad again there and that your offense still sucks. And he did say, you know, our offense was better than it was in 21-22 by points per 100 possessions. But the thing is, the rest of the league improved so much. Yeah. Offense skyrocketed around the league last year and the Bulls just couldn't keep pace. So... Uh, it was nice to hear him say it, but like, I don't know, dude, you got like one pretty good shooter who has like one year of being a good NBA shooter in Javon Carter. And then Tory Craig is coming off a good year as a shooter, but like, he's, okay. uh, he's, okay. if you look at his career marks, like you can't really count on him to yeah. be like a really high volume, great shooter. He's more of like an average shooter, which for the bulls is something to be able to get that. So uh, yeah, I think that, uh, not a lot of stirring commentary from Eversley and Karnaschovas. One thing they said, and they said about DeRozan, Eversley said, you know, DeRozan needs to play a little bit differently. Maybe he needs to take more threes. When I heard that, I was like, oh, if that's your plan for improving <laughs> your three point volume is have DeRozan shoot more threes. That seems like it's not going to work. I mean, I wish he could have like a Brooke Lopez like late career renaissance and stretch out his shooting range, but he's never been able to do it. And this has been the league he's been playing in for, you know, six, seven, eight years since the three point revolution really took hold. Uh, If they are going to shoot more threes this year, I don't see DeRozan taking more as a way that that's going to happen. I think Patrick will not in a meaningful way. I think Caruso needs to take more. I think if Io plays, he needs to take more. Uh, and Kobe needs to take more. So in Levine needs to take more. Like that's where it's going to come from. It's not going to come from Demar, and it probably shouldn't come from Vooch because he's not that good of a shooter. So, uh, well, funny you mentioned the Demar thing. Demar, there was an interview with Mark Medina at Sports Kid, and they, he asked him about the three point shooting thing. Was Demar had a th- quote about in like me or at his season exit interviews. He talked about his three-point shoot and he kind of like scoffed at it. But then he said a lot more about it. And those quotes kind of went around. Darnell Mayberry wrote something about DeMar shooting three-pointers uh, at the Athletic last week. And some of those quotes went around. People thought, I think, DeMar said that like last week. He actually did in an inter- this interview. He was asked about three-point shooting uh, at Sports Key with Mark Medina. Uh, here's what DeMar said. He says, I'm pretty sure I'll take more threes, but I wouldn't put a number on it. It may be more, but it may be less. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's one thing definitely on my mind. I understand about taking what the defense gives me. I won't go in there and predetermine and premeditate anything. There will definitely be more threes, but I wouldn't put enough around. He literally just said it may be less. And then he said there will definitely be more threes. So I feel like he contradicted himself multiple times in this interview uh, or this question <laughs> about three point shooting. So, like, I don't think we can rely on tomorrow to like take meaningful more threes. In bo- the, both the last two years with the Bulls, he took 1.9 per game. Um, he shot 35% at 1.9 two years ago. And last season, he was 32.4%, 1.9. He did in 2017 to 2018 with Toronto. His last season with Toronto, he did take 3.6 three-pointers per game, which would basically be double the rate that he had has had with the Bulls. 
I mean, if he, would he be willing what was to his do percentage? that? Was 31%. His so not 31%, great. Yeah, yeah. Not and then good. he had like a year where he shot 2.7 as well. And he shot 30%. I mean, he's just never going to be like a sniper, but like, I mean, if he can even make 33, if he can be whatever, I think league average is like 35, 36, he'd be 33% and take three a game. Again, I just don't, that's taking basically one more per game. is probably just not meaningful enough, but I would take it, turn one of your really hard long twos into a maybe an open three-pointer, and maybe that'll help a little bit marginally over the course of the year. I don't know. Like you said, I don't think we could say, like, DeMar's not all of a sudden going to take five threes a game. That's just not going to happen. It's going to be Patrick Williams taking more. It's going to be Javon Carter playing more minutes and taking more than other guys who were getting minutes last year. Caruso could take more. We've talked about how Zach could take nine or ten a game, which would be like two more, two to three more than he usually takes. There are other guys who are just better three-point shooters who should be taking more that will help this team get their three-point rate up as compared to DeMar. Um, we'll talk about the rest. Of this the- is Go this ahead. is on the record, though. I mean, we've heard it from yeah. AK and Eversley, and we heard it from Demar. Like, this is how the Bulls are planning to address their three point shooting woes. Is Demar Derozan is going to take more threes? <laughs> Jesus, I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, other before I get to the, the Demar stuff there at the end, but one other really interesting quote that I, or a couple of two, a couple of interesting notes from this interview today. They did talk about the point guard spots. Speaking of Javon Carter, it seems like there's going to be a camp battle. Probably be Javon Carter. I mean, you have Javon Carter, you got Kobe White, you got Alex Caruso. Um, like I said, Caruso is not really your typical point guard. Carter, not really either. But I mean, obviously, can play point. So it'll be. And I, I mean, Io is there too. But I mean, Io is not going to start over any of those guys. Um, I feel like we've talked about this before, Ricky, but who I can't remember what the answer was. Who would you start at point guard just right now? Dude, I think we should start Caruso. The Bulls always get off to bad starts. Caruso would change that. He would like, you know, set the tone, I think. If yeah, and you can always take him out early, like and bring one of these other guys in. And, and it just, just makes more sense. Like if he's the best defender on the team, like yeah. he should be guarding the other team's best players. He shouldn't be guarding their be- bench players. He should be guarding their starters. So, I mean, the the flip side to it is that, like, last year, Crusoe only played 23 minutes a game, I think, yeah. right? For him to go all out on every possession, which is the way he has to play to succeed, you can't play him that many minutes. That's why I do Otherwise, wonder if Carter, hurt. Carter can kind of do, Carter can kind of do, like, the hassling, the ball handler stuff while also shooting more threes better. Uh, and, like, he's since he's kind of, like, their big offseason signing, I feel like it's going to be him. Because I think Kobe is probably just better in that six man role, which is fine. They do need to get more minutes with Kobe and like the, the star players. I think just, I think some of the lineup data showed that those lineups were pretty good last year was Kobe can space the floor. He shoots threes and that'll just help the offensive ring in those groups. But again, I feel like microwave six man is just like his role. Uh, so I feel like it's going to be Carter. It obviously wouldn't bother me if it's Caruso. And I feel like Caruso will end up closing a decent amount of games too. Um, but Carter, I feel like they might think that just like he can do what Crusoe does to a degree defensively, maybe not quite as well, while also giving a little bit more offensive juice. But we'll see. Like I said, from what they say, it's going to be a training camp battle. I think that makes some sense. Other thing that um, they said that was very interesting, I thought, actually, um, this is from was it Eversley, I believe, said this. 
what we learned from our team when we had our exit interviews was they that they were a team, but they didn't really feel like a team. It's almost like you just show up, you go to work, you go home, and you show up the next day. They love to play, and our coaches love to coach. We were a team, but they didn't feel like they were really a team. That is something that to us that was important to us in the offseason to address, and we're addressing it from day one when we get to Nashville. That is a very like troubling quote, and I feel like doesn't reflect well on Billy Donovan. Right. Like what a bizarre thing to say. Like, I feel like right now admission, interesting admission. Like we, I feel like we complain that these guys like don't ever like give much insight uh, when they talk and it's usually just very boring. I think that's a very interesting quote. They kind of said that the team just like really just wasn't cohesive, uh, but they talk so much about how great of a coach Billy Donovan is, but his team wasn't cohesive and didn't feel like a team. I feel like that's a pretty bad reflection on the coach. Am I wrong there? That's a very revealing quote. They spent the whole interview praising Donovan. Billy's the best communicator I've ever been around in the NBA. And fans don't understand how important the connection between the coach and the player is. And then to say that the team basically hated each other <laughs> last year, I thought was really damning. And it made yeah. me think of all the Levine trade rumors. Right. Uh, in that, you know, they probably feel like, I mean, I'm totally speculating here that maybe like Levine is the one withdrawing from the team and not really showing great leadership yeah. qualities. Maybe, maybe that's, that's more of a shot at him. Yeah. They paid a max contract to, um, yeah, I think part of it is just a byproduct of losing a lot, losing some close games and just like having a depressing shitty season. Like, <laughs> uh, when that's the case, how are you going to be? you know, really together as a team. They probably noticed a big drop-off in chemistry and a big drop-off in what the locker room looks like after Lonzo got hurt. And that's because the team wasn't as good anymore. And the offense often is my turn, your turn ball from DeMar and Zach. And when you play like that, it's sort of, uh, you know, it isolates everyone else. So that was a pretty wild quote. The fact that they did it after praising Donovan so much, it just sort of makes you scratch your head. <laughs> but, you know, they keep pointing to this Nashville training camp they're having. They're going to Nashville next week uh, for a week as like a big bonding opportunity. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, but it's just hard to listen to AK and Eversley and like have a lot of confidence in their decision making i think like they don't give you too much they haven't done a very good job and yeah jace it's uh not a great state of affairs for the bulls at the moment and apparently not for the cubs because i saw they just lost in extra innings as well oh did they i know they were tied oh they did just lose well that's unfortunate they're just choking their season away i mean chicago sports right now is just a complete abs- absolute fucking dumpster fire we know the bears are just awful uh, the big laughing stock of the NFL, them and the Broncos, and they're playing each other this week, and it's absolutely perfect. The White Sox, we know, are a complete joke. They're going to lose 100 games. The Cubs are choking away their playoff spot right now, and the Bulls are the Bulls. I'm, I'm like, the Bulls, like, the Bulls coming up are getting me excited because it's just like something new to maybe not be completely awful. Like, we've talked about it. We don't think the Bulls are going to be bad this year. I think they, they could be pretty decent. Like, again, this Dame trade, not great for them in terms of just like, championship equity but the bulls didn't have championship equity this year we just we're looking for a team that can compete and be like a decent team and maybe they can provide that to us i'm talking myself into it because these other teams are just a joke and falling apart and it's awful but um we'll see in terms of uh i was gonna say in terms of like their the this front office decision making and what they should be doing in their direction 
one thing from this DeMar interview, which was very funny, talking about just like the direction the Bulls should go in. He basically told everyone who uh, wants a rebuild, in the words of C-Rad Fred, to pound sand. Let me pull the quote up here from this interview. It was kind of the money quote from this thing. It was, I think a lot of people who say that or suggest that really don't understand basketball at all, in my opinion. You could think that's an answer or that's a route, but there's no telling how long that route is going to even last, which is true. We've kind of talked about we don't love like tank humping and all that because you could tank and that could and it could you could end up just in a total miserable cycle of bad basketball and bad teams. And the Bulls, they didn't really fully commit to the tank when they traded Jimmy, but like they kind of did, and they were bad. They were the worst team in the NBA for what four or five years, whatever it was, until they finally made some improvements. They were awful. They were terrible. They were bad for four or five years, and they never really got out of it until they finally made some moves. So, like, there is again, I think some merit there to not blowing things up and keeping it together. And of course, what else is tomorrow going to say? Oh yeah, they should totally trade me. I mean, they could, you could ask for a trade, but like, uh, oh yeah, they should. The Bulls should totally blow it up, and that's it. Blah 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 blah. He's not going to say that. He's a competitive guy. He's not going to be players don't want to tank. So we hear like he's That's obviously going to be his message. So that was just kind of a funny quote though. But uh, they, they also, in this interview that he was also asked about like an extension. Um, and he said, Oh, I would like to retire as a bull. We know he's eligible for extension. We've talked about that ad nauseum. We don't have to talk too much more about it, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I, did, did they, did they ask AK, AK and Eversley about a tomorrow extension? No, not that I heard. No. Okay. Yeah. So he's again, he's eligible. We've made our thoughts known. No long, long term, but if they wouldn't be surprised if they kind of line him up with maybe Vooch for like a two-year extension or something like that, um, which is fine. I hope you know. not. Yeah, <laughs> like it. It does just if seem this like doing team that sucks we, again just, this year. What's the point of keeping it together? Right. Exactly. Uh, continuity, baby. Except the continuity's gotten you nowhere. It's so like I mean, it's it is just kind of crazy the the continuity line that they tried out. And then the Bucks just traded a team, basically a traded a title winner from their core because they could go get Damian Lillard. And like the Bucks, like the Bulls have just always been a team that's just like never, even like I mean, we go, we complain about guard packs, like not whatever holding on to got role guys and not being aggressive trading, making big trades. And like I mean, this front office has kind of been the same way. They value the continuity. They have made very few trades. They made the big splashes when they when they kind of started and the the one off season. They've done very little since. They made nice additions this offseason, but very other cha- few other changes. So it's like it just it's just like whatever. Like you see other teams be so much more aggressive than the Bulls. Teams that are better. Like they don't they don't run the Celtics traded fucking Marcus the Marcus Smart fan favorite. And they told them you're out of here uh, because we fell short in the East Conference Finals. We're gonna try something else. Gonna Chris Stapps Horzing. And tra- making trades and make trades isn't always the best route, but like you see so many times these really elite teams. They're just not resting on their laurels. They see there's a problem. They want to change something up. And this Bulls team has just kind of been, they made the big moves to set up the score, and they've just kind of been moseying along with it. And it's like, do you really believe in these guys that much? It doesn't seem like that way, because you're trying to trade Zach Levine. I guess that's the trade they're trying to make, is Zach Levine, but no one wants him. So it's like, whatever. But whatever. Don't want to be super negative. Again, the Bulls, I am looking forward to the season. Media day is, I believe it's Monday, right? October 2nd. And then the Bulls go to Nashville for their training camp. So uh, we will see what is said on Monday um, at media day. Like I said, it was interesting that AK and Eversley actually did this thing today to talk before the media day and kind of in a more like relaxed, casual setting on the radio. So that, I mean, kind of fun. Again, we didn't get too much, but we did get a few interesting quotes and nuggets and all that. And we'll see what happens. Comes out of media day. Ricky, do you have any 
final thoughts here on the Bulls, on Dame, on the Bears being awful about anything else? I really don't. I'm sorry for these soul-crushing Cubs losses, Jason. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm rooting for it. I will say that the Cubs, I was thinking I would like the Bulls to be like this Cubs team and just be like spunky and competitive and pretty good, but oh, the Cubs are crashing and burning. Yeah, I mean, the, Cubs, the Cubs are about to, actually, I think, I don't know if the Marlins lost both games of this doubleheader today, but like the Reds lost today, the Marlins got smoked by the Mets in game one. Uh, I'm not sure if they're winning. The Cubs have like a plus 100 run differential. Well, the Marlins are winning the top of that. Like, it looks like the Marlins are going to win the second game. And the Cubs are going to, like, seems like are on the verge of possibly missing the playoffs despite like a plus 100 run differential, which is brutal. If the Bulls had like a average point differential that like equals the Cubs, like that would probably, they'll probably be a pretty good team and have a pretty fun season. Uh, I just wouldn't want to see them crash and burn like the Cubs have done in September, just completely losing to shitty teams, completely blowing games last two nights. Brant Brown-esque botched fly balls in, in the outfield the way they lost last night. Now tonight they blow lead, another several sets of leads. So absolutely brutal stuff. So bring on Bulls basketball, baby. Let's go. Uh, go Bulls. Uh, in the Bill Murray voice at the end of Space Jam, let's go Bulls is basically how I'm thinking about this season. Don't have super high hopes, but I'm kind of excited. Always fun for a new season to start. So We'll see. And we got this Dame trade kind of going right into media days and training camp. So that's exciting. We'll see what happens. Drew Holiday. See what yeah. happens with James Harden. Jace Bulls open the preseason against the Bucks in Milwaukee Sunday, October 8th. That there you go. Not that far away. It is in like, you know, less than two weeks. So yeah. uh, as we record this podcast right now, crazy stuff. Opener October 25th versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Bulls are opening the season, then they play the Raptors. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Oh, but, yeah. uh, we're, we're about here. We're m- less than a month away from the, from the season opener. So I'm um, excited to have Bulls basketball back. And ho- we'll see how long that lasts. Hopefully they don't disappoint us too much this season. Just, again, just give us a competitive team that can be kind of fun to watch and root for. And unlike most of last year. So that is going to do us for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we do here at Cash with this Bulls coverage, please. There are so many other great podcasts, NBA and otherwise, all across the sports uh, landscape that we do here at Blue Wire. So go check some of those out as well. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. Or if you think we suck, please, you can tell us that. Uh, but try to give us those five-star ratings. That, that always helps us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcast, Stitch, wherever you get your podcast, you could find you can probably find it. You could follow me on the place formerly known as Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Ricky, I believe you did some uh Damon Lillard trade grades today, right? So go check out Ricky's uh trade grades. Go check out clutchpoints.com as well. Tons of coverage and all the fallout of the Damian Lillard trade over at clutchpoints.com as well. So uh, uh, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.